from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome to Grim After Dark, uh, a show where I cover my face with a slightly lighter green t-shirt than my green background. Tonight, we're legally not allowed to talk to him, but we're contractually obligated to talk to him. Signal's own Seth Oster joins Danny and I to take a look at the last week in the Warhammer community. Uh, this week, we're going to hit the big topics we have. We have Adepticon this week, uh, the Warhammer preview, the reemergence of the community comp, uh, and also the Horus Heresy, which a lot of us are very, very excited about there. Before we get going today, uh, let me remind you that tickets for Frontline Gaming's Atlantic City Open 2022 are available now. And this is the second year Frontline Gaming has hosted this event. It's gearing up to become the Las Vegas Open of the East Coast. You are not going to want to miss out. Uh, this is a fun beach town in the summer, so even if you roll poorly, you can commiserate your loss on the beach or lose, lose even more at the casino. ACO 2022 takes place June 10th to June 12th at the Harris Resort and Casino in Atlantic City. Uh, get your tickets today, and we do mean today. Uh, if you buy your tickets by Wednesday, March 30th, you will be entered into a drawing so you and your friends can arrive in style in a stretch limousine courtesy of your friends at Frontline Gaming. Uh, my co-host today needs some introduction. He's a terror of the mid-tables and the strongest GT showing I've ever known. What's up, Danny? Uh, John, uh, yes. we're here today. We're here today to talk about the news in Warhammer, and uh, not the shittiest invisibility gag I've ever seen attempted. Like, what? What, what color is that shirt? Is it even green? Is it like it's? It's. We won't be shirt, able to right? tell, John. We'll just have to take your word for no, it. No, you will, because if you if you uh, if you turn it around, it's actually uh, my old school Macho Man Randy Savage shirt. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible lime shirt, but it just goes to show how well the background here is keyed in. So great job on that. I also like that it's uh, more likely that it's just a terrible bit gone wrong than any other explanation. I like that that's the brand we've set yeah, up. Yeah, that seems fair, to be honest. Like, it seems much more likely that we've tried comedy and failed <laughs> than it does for a technical difficulty. Uh, um, yeah. Danny, uh, we've got Adepticon news, uh, a new comp system trying to birth itself. Uh, Harlequin still bending the meta over its knee. Uh, what are you excited to talk about today? Bro, there's so much to talk about. I can't single one thing out. There's at least 38 um, assets worth of conversation. <laughs> yeah, but we've got 21 of the best ones loaded up. <laughs> uh, Danny, let's waste no more time and introduce this week's guest who's going to help us go through the last week in Warhammer. That's right. Take it away. Yeah. Hey, we have Seth on tonight, guys. You remember him? <laughs> the most low-key His show will ever. be on in like two days. You should watch it. It's real good. Signals from the front line. It's excellent. Actually, we're super happy to... <laughs> there we go. There we go. Get out of the way. Get out of the way, Daddy. Oh, you know, other way. Other way. Now, get out of the way, Daddy. I, I like the fact that last week you like verbally filleted Alex about how amazing he was and made all these jokes and puns. And this week you're like, it's Seth. <laughs> Danny is contractually obligated to to have me on the show, but he's not contractually obligated to enjoy it. <laughs> Much like our wives. Uh, yep. So anyway, uh, Seth, yeah, it's awesome yeah. to have you here. Uh, as always, we start this week with one of the biggest events in North America, um, Adepticon. Now, mm -hmm. Adepticon can be seen as sort of a casual event by the usual crowd. As we can see by this Adepticon ready army from Comp40K featuring not one, but two Land Raiders. Uh, which, amazing. Super cool seeing that Salamander's army there. We also saw this independent character uh, heading out to celebrate his hobby after a long off-season. Uh, little Mr. Carl Tuttle Jr. action uh, heading out to Adepticon there. Very excited for that. Guys, two-parter question for you both here. Uh, is Adepticon a casual event? Oh, And what do you guys think has made it such a fixture uh, of the North America event season? Starting with our guest, Seth. Yeah, of course. After you, Seth. I'm not used to this kind of kindness from you, too. Um, I think what I'll go backwards. Uh, I think it be, it's a fixture because it's one of the the kind of old dogs of the events. Um, it existed prior to the explosion of events in the last like three or four years. It's been around. You know, what was it? This is its 22nd year. I think they were advertising like that's an obscene number of Adepticons. So, so now it, only 90% of the community has been around for its entire lifespan. That's right. Um, you just derailed my train of thought. I had one. It's gone. 
um, no, I, it's, I think it really just, that's, that's what makes it one of the, the most popular events, I think, because it's been so long running and it's developed that large con around it. Now, as for, is it a casual event? Um, I do know that people take it quite seriously. And if you think about that schedule, um, for the singles, they do four games in a day and then they cut to top 16 after that. So like, Danny, have you played four games in a day before? I sure have. How was it, Danny? Did it feel Boom. good? Boom. John, I, or uh, Seth, I played, f- sorry, I'm just used to responding to one person, not two people asking me questions. Oh. Um, so uh, I played in a five-game uh, Iron Man event and uh, took second place, only losing the last game with like 120 model Tyranid Army because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you didn't answer my question as to whether or not it felt good or not. <laughs> Uh, he said he came second. Five was the single most embarrassing and tiring game of Warhammer I've ever played in my entire life. Yeah. So no offense to my opponent, he was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It might have. It might have. It might draw a wide, uh, wide number of players, and and that might lower the the difficulty in in terms of the individual games. But as a as a setup, I think it is a a pretty difficult run to make the you know make it to that top that that final slot. You're doing eight games in two days. That's a lot of damn games. <laughs> I so hot hot take. I think it's a total <laughs> show. Like it's a crapshoot, right? Like okay. I mean, both of those things—they're both true. Yeah. So, like with pairings done the way that they are, where like it's—I think it's random games for the first two games, and not even like win path what? or anything. It's like it's really it's real weird, man. So like you have an even better chance to dodge like a good player, I would say, in Adepticon. Um, and just kind of somehow make it to the top 16. Yeah, their their um, terrain looked pretty light from the pictures I was seeing. And uh, my, my, my running joke for the, the Adepticon weekend is there's always three stories that come out of Adepticon. One, the terrain sucks. Two, the lines for food were like, you know, 17 miles long and you might starve before you get a hot dog for 20 bucks. Um, and three, it's something about someone cheating and the TO not caring. Tale as old as time. <laughs> run. so right. it's uh it's i don't know like there's that stuff i think it's definitely a casual event to me like first of all like the main show isn't the champs it's the team event yeah. so mm-hmm. like that and that is like that is mostly hobby hobby driven and it's an awesome event like super cool the teams go all out the display boards are amazing if you haven't gone to adepticon just to see that stuff i think it's worth it i think it's a fun event to go to but like is it a competitive event eh, have you been to adepticon danny i have no oh, okay i haven't i'm just yeah. okay <laughs> i'm just on him with yeah. no actual first-hand experience just yeah. sorry uh one of my one of my friends went to adepticon several years ago and he goes, was this well, friend Danny? Was, right? No, no, it was, I have more than one occasionally. <laughs> um, I, I burned through them pretty quickly though. Just okay. yeah. um, but, uh, so he went to Adepticon, but then he got lost because right beside the Adepticon hall, uh, there was a furry convention, like right oh. at the same time. And there's, there's a Venn diagram there that I, I don't want any part of. So like that's got it. lost. <laughs> and full think that really happened. Off it. what's that? Do you think that really happened? Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I say a lot of things, but I trust Ted to be honest about finding a furry convention right. in yeah, Chicago. Okay. Fair enough. And and getting lost. Like, do we believe that part that he he just wandered in and was like, I can't find my way out. I guess I'll put on some ears and a tail. I guess I'll just you know, get at the bottom of this gift pile. It'll be totally fine. I'll be our safe. furries are always truly lost, so it works out regardless, uh, wordplay or not. But guys, regardless, Seth, you mentioned the food line a little bit here. Uh, Tabletop Inquirer is back at it uh, oh, with this yeah. maybe a little too on the nose headline about Adepticon salad vendors facing disappointing sales uh, with obviously the, the insinuation here that us gamers don't eat too healthily. Uh, guys, this is a random question for you here. Uh, a salad seems incredibly messy to eat tableside. What is the ideal <laughs> in-game food for you guys for a Warhammer tournament starting here with Danny? Oh man. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, it's, uh, definitely gotta be a beer hat. <laughs> like any kind Not of food. <laughs> it could it can be. be with the right kind of beer. Yeah. Calm down, John. All right. So 
any kind of trough mechanism where I can have my hands free to like <laughs> roll dice and move models, I think is ideal. So go ahead, roll your saves. I'm just going to go into this feedback. <laughs> well, I was going to say, since they don't make a lot of feedbacks for gamers, although niche market, I think, like Frontline, for you. Get on the yeah, I think, I think we can really convince the production team at Frontline to jump on that. <laughs> make can some like, FLGN feedbacks. Yeah, yeah, I think we could. Can I get one with like the eye of uh, Isha on it? Like the Ultway symbol? Like, can I get that just to like customize <laughs> no. the full experience? Anyway, yeah. So, oh. so hands free. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking. I'm having a good time. Uh, or a Camelback would do the same thing, but it's, it's not as fun because people don't know what you're drinking out of a Camelback, and they know you're drinking beer out of a beer hat. So, that's fair. Seth, did you want to answer this question actually about food with food, or did you two? Just yeah, I, I'll answer it with food. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. I I'm an easy man when it comes to pleasing me with food at events. Yeah, it's got to be pizza. I can, I can one hand that, and then I can I can roll my dice to kill you with the other hand. But I'm going to turn it around on you, John. What is the oh. the worst meal that you've ever eaten table side at a, at a 40K game? <laughs> well, I was going to say, oh, like, I'm, I know mine. <laughs> imaginary style, like just a really rare steak. Because can you imagine like your opponent making his moves? And you're just like have the steak blood like dripping down your chin. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, good move. And you keep on going away. That's a power move right there. Um, I would imagine the worst thing I've seen anyone eat. Now, it wasn't me. Uh, and this I brought up in chat here uh, was uh, Cheetos. Uh, oh, so sure. eating Cheetos, getting the, the orange finger puff uh, as well, and then picking up their models and moving it. And then, you know, when they would kill my guys, like, oh, you want me to pass you your models? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That's fine. I'll get it. Thank you. Danny, yeah. you said you knew you said once I once ate Penang curry at the table of a tournament. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's really oh. difficult to move models, roll dice, and then also like take a spoon of rice, like dip it in the curry because you don't put the rice in the curry. That's a real amateur move. So but I'm eating this like <laughs> this duck Penang curry at the table uh, at a local RTT oh because of my lunch ran late. Uh, luckily, my opponent was very gracious, especially the bathroom break that I needed to take about an hour in. Was, so it yeah. was bad for two reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is the worst uh, thing that you have uh, eaten at a table? The, the, the worst thing that I had in terms of a, a food and game experience was not actually a meal eaten at the table. Um and it was uh, unfortunately due to our lovely producer Val. Um, he convinced me once to. Uh, uh, do you mean producer Val or creative director of the network that you currently have? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> he convinced me once when when we, we were at an event together to split a bloomin' onion with him, which is just <laughs> grease, onion, and garlic. That's all it is, okay? There's some breading in there. Oh, Baby, I'm sold. I want a blooming onion. What else? <laughs> so I, I was like, got up in the morning and was like, just, just explosive garlicly liquid shooting out of my ass. Perfect. And trying to like, <laughs> trying to play deal. a game of 40K, but then like every 20 minutes being like, ah, I'm going to need a minute. Put the clock on me. Um, and just like, you know, like, that smells just clinging to your clothing. You're just sweating grease and onion and garlic out. It was, it was, it was not great. Well, one, <laughs> one, uh, as our wonderful producer said, you know what they say about Shrek and onions, which is just a wonderful joke that I wish I could have thought of there. Oh, uh, two, I really hope that this review of the Bloomin' Onion doesn't affect our future sponsorship with Outback Steakhouse. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I will eat the rest we're, of We're really, house. really banged on that one. We really, we really appeal to the Australian meta, so I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> and and when you think of accurate representation of Australia, you think Outback Steakhouse. That's right. That's right. It's, it's the Olive Garden of uh, Australian food. Uh, so, uh, chat, by the way, letting us know that uh, a mayo container full of pudding uh, would be something to eat at the, the table. Uh, so, good job. Wonderful. And then, uh, welcome in, Art of War 40K Down Under. Yeah. And just let us know in chat, is Outback Steakhouse uh Yeah, is the Blooming Onion a traditional meal in, in, uh, in Australia? 
I believe it is, and, and that's enough for me. I have personally um, seen Adam Camilleri eat five lumen onions in one sitting, and he said that it raw. was a traditional Australian <laughs> meal. So we just ate onions, just raw onions. No, there were blooming onions. <laughs> Johnson <were> raw. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking about fully cooked um, with a little bit of parsley over the top. That's traditionally the way that they're served in Australia. I don't know if you know that. Um, no. Yeah, I know. And they're served with mayonnaise, not the kicking uh, like the horseradish sauce that they're served here in the states. Mayo. Oh, God. Hopefully the aioli sauce makes its way back to us. <laughs> Sorry. Just just soon. what that meal needs, more oil and fat. That's right. Hey, guys, well, thankfully. And tell me that it was f***ing aioli and not like some <laughs> Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. You're Guys, we mentioned before, uh, Adeptcom is casual, but not quite too casual. And thankfully, we have proof of that, is this amazing screenshot from Wargame Live's uh, coverage shows. Um uh, two armies of hastily airbrushed Harlequin transports hiding behind ruins. <laughs> Still hot right now. Um, as memed in this unfortunately unused Bond playing Warhammer format. Welcome back. Uh, worries. You're playing Harlequins, Mr. Bond. How utterly predictable. You see, I also airbrushed nine Void Weavers this week. Truly a clown world. Uh, we're going to touch more on Harlequins later. And it is a bad touch. But guys, coming out of Adepticon, how screwed is the Perfect. game right now? Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Um, it's there's some <laughs> problems. There's some problems, folks. Awkward silence is always my favorite yeah, answer to questions. There's definitely some problems. Um, those problems might be clowns. They might be uh, they might be Tau. They might be Custodes. They might be Eldar. They might be the new Nids. There could be a lot of problems, and you know. Our our beloved spirit animal, uh, Peter the Falcon, he he's been advocating for us dropping all the nerfs on other armies and just letting things go just to see how bad it can get. I think we're there. I think it's it's either either rip off the bandaid and let it all go nuts, or uh, we're gonna have to burn this one down, guys. Danny, are I mean, we back in the meta of uh, roll for first turn? You won. I concede. Well, okay, so that was at the start of eighth, and I thought that was a bullshit, like way to decide whether the game was going to win or not, be won or not. But hey, my wins against you count. Don't don't be. <laughs> I've never conceded turn one even f***ing once, Seth. So I don't appreciate your situation. <laughs> all right, sorry, that was my one. All right, so uh, the the meta. All right, it's bad, right? That's real bad. I don't know that we're seeing that it's. 50% battle company at LVO bad yet, but it might get that way. So, um, yeah. Not Sorry. I, I just had a flashback and then everything went white for a second and there was a ringing in my ears and mm. I'm back now. I don't remember anything. What happened? Did you mention no. battle company? I just know all my jobs. Yeah. Next thing um, I say riptide wing. Oh, you could do both. Why not? That was a thing it, that you could do. It used to be so much yeah. work, but it's not great now. Uh, guys, is airbrushing an entire army the week of the event power gaming, or is that just poor planning on my part? Well, it depends on when you got the army. In your case, John, you got the army about six months ago, so that's just poor planning on your part. Um, in the case of some top-tier players, um, printers went burr on Monday, and the airbrush went <laughs> whatever an airbrush sounds like on Tuesday. <laughs> and, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's power gaping. If you haven't heard an airbrush before, Seth just did a spot-on impression. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, if only your dog was in the room. Like. Danny, if only your dog was in the room so we could have a picture perfect or a sound perfect. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Of a compressor. Right. Need him. It's true. Yeah. Like a lot of people, uh, top-tier players in the chat now. Also, Seth runs an airbrushing ASMR channel. You can see it every Wednesday on the Frontline Gaming Network <laughs> on his new signals. Sounds from the tabletop. Yeah, someone please ah. screenshot Seth's face doing that. I've got some. No, God, no, no, no. I want to add. <laughs> Why do I have the green screen up? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I think the important takeaway here from AdeptCon is we finally had an Art of War free podium. Uh, we love those guys, but there was no Siegler, no Lennon, or Harpster sw uh, sweeping the event as we find out that. Uh huh. Oh, God damn it. An Art of War War Remember won AdeptCon. Uh, congrats <laughs> to Zach Point uh, for his epic Adepticon 2022 win. Guys, if this game is a pie, 
Art of War has its fingers up to the wrist in that pie. Um, are you at all surprised to see their dominance, not only from kind of like the known players we're used to, like your John Lennons and your Sieglers uh, and your Jack Harpsters, uh, but also sort of like the, the people that they're coaching and providing those services too? I want to see the receipts here. I want to see that Zach was a member Audit. of the war room, Audit. Audit. Uh, you know, for at least like what <laughs> six months prior to this. Um, Cause I, I don't want, I don't want Nick just sliding in there. You know, he sees, he sees Zach get to the top table and he's like, by the way, here's a free war room subscription. Hey, uh, hey, I'm Nick Nanavati. I'm nice. here to party, and here's a free month of war room. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Because that'd be that'd be the, the, the sweet business move right there. So Who's I want to see the receipts. That? I want the long form receipts. <laughs> oh, I meant Danny. Does this sort of win here? Because this isn't the first time we've seen kind of really great performances from these coaching clients. Um, does this take away from people's arguments that coaching in 40k isn't worthwhile? I mean, I. I don't think it, I'm, I mean, I've never said that. I think that it's totally worthwhile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have a personal coach. Uh, you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, he, his name is Danny. His, his name's Danny. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you that my win rate has happened in the last year. Guys, let me tell you the Seth's improvement here. The last like four or five games, Seth has just taken a big fat L to me, but guess what? The last <laughs> game that we played, he got a draw, and I was really proud a of it. A 69 69 draw. It was a 69 69 draw. It was very nice. Was How often do you think TOs look at BCP and they see 69 69 draws and they're like, that didn't happen? That's not a real score. You guys come here. <laughs> In what world do you think they're not going nice? <laughs> of course, first. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, now, every two minutes, I turn around and see a lot of statistics right now on Comp40K, on Reddit, and, and, and Twitter uh, about how dominant Harlequins currently are. Uh, I did offer my own two cents here. Uh, my personal Harlequin statistics from Adeptcon. Um, it's all f***ed. Yeah, uh, that's sort of my personal Harlequin statistics from Adeptcon. You can find that on Twitter. That's a real thing. Um, just to make sure I got my math right, uh, we did ha- we're going to head now to Frontline Gaming's Doctor of Statonomics, Nathan Henning, for his uh, sort of summary of the meta. Yeah, sh- guys. Stunning stuff. <laughs> Stunning. Um, thanks, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, and Harlequins aren't even at their full power yet, as they're not even core uh, for, for their main troops. Uh, again, here we go. No core for clowns. Change my mind. Uh, could you guys imagine being a 74% win rate army pushing for a buff? Um, guys, is core for troops pushing for a buff? Or is it just something that's needed for the book? Danny? I mean, I think it should be in the book. I think it's stupid that it's not. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad the stat stuff was able to confirm my previous, you know, kind of feelings about the meta. That's pretty good. So... Um, uh, I like, look, it sucks that you, that you would give them a buff, but just make sure that they're repointed in a way that's fair. I think pretty, I don't know. I don't know anybody who hasn't been playing them as core. Uh, I did play in an event where they weren't, I guess, um, which I thought was weird. Um, I was totally fine with it during my games. If my opponents asked me, it would not be a big deal. No. So. Seth, what is uh, yeah. your well, Seth? What's your thoughts here on Corgate? Uh, of course, like a lot of the the psychic powers Corgate. and other things, which uh, imply that the troops should be core based on their wording. Uh, of course, they're scandal? not. Yes, it, is it is a scandal. I I think I think we should go uh, with the patented GW buff nerf 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 nerf. Uh, we can give <laughs> troops core, but then we take away any other reference of core in the Harlequin rules. So there are no buffs that apply to core. They got core on their troops, and then we just <laughs> remove all the buffs. They're not allowed to ride in transports anymore. They don't no. make them walk. Yeah. So Seth, Seth, your master plan to fix Harlequins is to give troops core, uh, and then make core count for nothing. Correct. We will give we- them what they want. It's been nice having you on the network. I, I hope you do well in the GW rules writing team in the future, <laughs> where you're, you're obviously headed uh, with Man. such forward thinking. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, quality, quality stuff here. A uh, friend of the show and all around good guy, Tim Penny, let us know his thoughts on the matter here in this response. Uh, he let, said, 
or yeah, hear me out. Guys. What if we just fix the obvious typo and clip the wings of the offenders, like the Void Weathers and the Lights of Death, and see what happens? Or is that too nuanced for the brain trust? Uh, never changed him. Uh, guys, really quickly, and we'll start with you here, Danny. Harlequins are a problem right now coming out of all of the events. We're seeing just crazy levels of win rates coming in. Um, Danny, how do you fix Harlequins? And then, Seth, we're going to ask you the same thing. Well, first of all, I'm not going to take my advice from some guy named Gravy Jones. Like, is that a real name? Do we think that's a real be. name? I don't it, think that's a real Who knows? It's Canada, dude. They're really who has the first name of Gravy? Yeah. Is his middle this, name Poutine? Facebook yeah. doesn't actually um, have you verify your identity. When Seth, you Seth is going to stalk him. So cool. While Seth is doing that, um, <laughs> typical Friday night for him. Um, Stalking Gravy? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> Googling gravy over and over again. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that's that's me. That's me really. Um oh man. All right. So what they need to do to fix to fix Arlequins, uh they need to not make the Shadow Weaver's six extra inches stuff affect anything other than the range of weapons, whether or not a weapon is in range. Like it affecting every other ability that's range dependent is like the stupid, the most stupidly powerful thing ever. Like it affects psychic powers. It affects like the sedate traits. It affects like other armies. So you're looking at like Montcalm range and that kind of stuff as well as like, uh, as well as the other, uh, as well as Kion. Like it affects Meltagons. Like it's really dumb. Like it should just affect like the gross range of the weapon. Mm-hmm. Like not. Not every else. granular detail, right? Of the yeah, weapon. yeah, exactly. Um, I think that needs to happen, and I think that void weavers are criminally underpointed, right? Like they're probably fifteen to twenty points underpointed a piece, so they need a pretty significant buff, or I'm sorry, nerf, <clears throat> as far as points go. I also don't love that they're in squadrons, um, but harlequins need anti tank. Like they've just got fusion pistols, otherwise, so. If you want to play a pure Harlequin's army, you need to have the ability to, to to kill tanks. I guess they have haywire guns on the bikes, but like, do you feel like we're going to get something similar as to what happened with the orc buggies, uh, where we're going to get see that strong of a nerf into these void weavers? No, like, and the reason why orcs have like how many buggies do they have? Seth, five or six? There are five different data sheets for the okay. buggies. So like. The fact that there's five different orc buggy data sheets, and therefore there, there's like, you know, fifteen different buggies that you can stake and take and still abide by the rules, like, is a lot different than one unit of void weavers that you'd be limited to otherwise. So I just don't think that's like a realistic fix to that particular issue. Nice, uh, Seth, uh, someone who suffered massive nerfs yourself after early success. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you fix Harlequins in a way that? Uh, feels fair to both kind of the opponents and Harlequin players who are investing a lot in this army. I think we issue all the Harlequin opponents ball peen hammers. <laughs> okay. And we just let them go. I did say in a way that it feels good for the Harlequin player as well. Red cards. Yeah. I mean, they can have a red card to hand the guy after he smashes his models, but good luck playing the rest of your event without <laughs> avoid weavers. You're like, buddy, I understand, but I got to red card you, but thanks. Um, no, seriously. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think you could definitely up the points on the void weavers. Everyone said that, um, I think the other issue with the, with the light void weavers is there's so many little stacking buffs that, that apply to them that just make them so durable. It's like, okay, well, they're, they're always minus one and you can't reroll to hit against them. And if they're light, then you're only hitting them on fours at best. And then, you get the shadow seer buff that's you know reducing your range. So all of those little things like tweak the math enough that you start getting a very durable unit for that points platform. Um, I say the shadow weaver buff should or the sa- shadow seer buff should only apply to infantry, not vehicles. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it with bikes too because I think the bikes. Are no, okay. screw them. I have PTSD from those bikes. They're really they're really good. <laughs> They're very good. Like, I do. He's already Amazon ordered a ball peen hammer, Danny. Don't take this away from him as well. <laughs> that's, that's what he said about the, the minuses yeah. here. Um, but guys, Harlequins are a problem. Uh, they're going to be here for a little while. Uh, lots of support in chat for Gravy, by the way. So I'm sure you're an amazing person. 
Uh, and sorry that we accidentally shouted you a little bit here. Uh, anyway, moving on. Community comp has reared its ugly head again. And this time, Reese is keeping his mustache out of it. And Mikey from Hellstone Worm Gaming has come in with his suggestions. Uh, guys, you've had a little bit of a chance to look at the comp system here. And by a little bit of a chance, I mean the 20 minutes since I sent you the link. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on comp systems in general before we kind of go into it here? Bad. <laughs> I'm good, bad. I'm good, no good. Um, I don't like... Yeah, I mean, it, it fractures the community at the end of the day. You're going to have one group that uses the comp system, one group that doesn't, and now you basically have divided your player base. You, you might have some people that float between, but most people choose the system they prefer and stick with it. So we just we make our community smaller. For sure. So some things that uh, the, uh, the 40K community competitive comp, uh, which, man, that's a wordy title, but uh, they're suggesting for Harlequins in general is limiting Void Weavers to one to two a unit. Um, uh, plus 10 points on their base cost and the prismatic counting being 10 points. Traveling players limited to 25% points of the army. Pivotal rolls each having a 20% price increase. Uh, and then the web we get up to 100 points. Uh, and then give troops core because, you know, lol. Uh, do you guys think stuff like that would fix it? Or is, again, do we really just not want to go down this road of comp again? Seth? I mean, I, I don't... Unless you get everyone to do the same comp system, you're, you're just going to fracture the community. And I don't see how you're going to get everyone to sign up for the same comp system unless it comes from a governing body like GW. Um, I think, um, and this is, I'm going to say this just to, to get producer Val all, all hot and bothered. I liked um, the comp system they used back in uh, fantasy, eighth edition fantasy, where if an army was lagging or an army was overpowered, we just said, Hey, for a tournament, your army gets less points. And we didn't change individual unit points. So for sake of argument, our normal tournaments, 2000 points, maybe we say, Hey, Tao, you're a little good. You're going to only play with 1800 points guard. You're kind of sucking. You can have 2,300 points. Um, and, and that's an easy way to move the slider up and down on various armies um, and see if we can get to an equilibrium there. Danny, what's your thoughts on kind of like a points comp where some of the higher performing armies have less points to play with? Um, well, so I've seen comp done in a couple of different ways. Like Seth mentioned, one way to do it is to uh, like comp the army as a whole and give them like a handicap. <clears throat> um, the other way to do it is you can have a comp score as part of your um, uh, as part of your overall score. And, uh, like, depending on how, quote-unquote, hard your army is, how many, like, meta choices you've taken, like, you'll get less points in your comp score, so you'll get less points overall. But guess what? Nobody likes that shit anymore. Like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> nobody likes having a, a score other than battle points determine a winner overall of a tournament. Like, there are overall, there are overall victors at, like, various different events, but hardly anybody and this is super sad and I'm, i totally don't like this uh people don't like best overall people look at best general mm -hmm. um which i think is a really sad state of the game i think that it's really important to like emphasize the hobby as a whole and not just one particular aspect of it uh but uh i just this isn't like this kind of stuff where they're actually making unit modifications isn't even like the itc faq which is what really was the quote-unquote comp that the IC, ITC put out. So I, I just, this, it's, a, it's in a totally different realm. Um, I think we need to give a little bit, I hate to say this, a little bit more time to GW to like sort this out. Um, I think that they will, but I think the game's going to be not great for a little bit until they do, which sucks because it hasn't been, it's been, not, like the win rates have been out of control for like almost a year now and like mm -hmm. things need to things need to be better yeah yeah john uh yes. follow up to you uh do you mm -hmm. think given time that the meta will adapt to the quins <laughs> wow dude i've just bought i bought so many chain swords um no i i don't <laughs> actual chain swords he's gonna smack his opponent <laughs> and, and it's, it's current state no and it's very demoralizing so like personally like when I, my main armies are like uh, Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard, Black Templars, right? Where I don't necessarily have a way to compete with certain levels in certain armies. Um, nothing feels good about a game that's sort of like rock, paper, scissors, where I know I can take this army, 
But if this army shows up, then I'm kind of boned and there's nothing really I can do about it, no matter how bad I am at the game. Um, I do agree with Danny, though, that the comp is not the answer. Um, like, at all, like looking over just some of the stuff they have here, it goes too far the other way. Um, the Death Guard suggestions in particular, um, when like, deadly pathogens are free. I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea. Those are really good. <laughs> and this is someone who plays Death Guard. Uh, taking uh, uh, Mephitic Blight Haulers down to 110 points is a terrible idea. Danny, I played against you with nine Malefic Blight Haulers before, and their synergies with demons uh, make that just an unfun matchup. Uh, comp is not the answer. I will to answer chat a little bit here. Someone saying the only way it would happen is if ITC is ITC, but GW shut down ITC from doing anything. Um, I will refute that from one of our earlier episodes when we actually interviewed Reese on the program. And when we specifically asked him about comp, um, after he was done laughing, uh, he said he had no, like no inclination to ever do comp again. Um, because again, yeah, the game was in a really bad state when ITC came and stepped up and kind of uh, did a lot to help the competitive community. But the sheer amount of hatred that man received for saying things like, okay, I think this should be a mission, guys, is unreal. Well, yeah, John. And like, keep in mind that even when the ITC FAQ was in effect, we still had like armies that were super overpowered that you couldn't really do anything about. Mm. I think they, <laughs> sure uh i was i was thinking more like battle company but yeah yeah sure um and also like the aspect warrior host was really dumb um mm -hmm. yeah there's a bunch of different stuff the um i replied to this in the only way i can by uh reusing a, an obscure old movie quote and i just said uh, you're the reese now mikey uh guys uh what movie did i adapt that quote from Uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Survivor. No, Danny, I like that you can explain to <laughs> uh, minute detail uh, what episode of Seinfeld one single picture is from to the point where you describe like season-long plot lines. But no, it was a movie called Finding no, Forrester. John, ah. that was one episode. That was not an entire season plot. Kramer's life is a season-long. It's uh, true episode arc oh yeah finding forrester uh you're the man now dog uh, sean connery's baffling famous line uh from that there um well something had to be done because there are terrible takes about uh like this one here i think is the favorite one i've seen so far uh the take is probably gonna get flack for this always a good start uh but i wish i could go to sleep and wake up when gw releases 10th edition and preferably it's just 8th edition but called 10th Admittedly, I haven't played ninth, but it looks a horrible oh, effing mess fuck. of a rule set that I have zero motivation to start. And I always say I was with him a hundred percent until he said he hadn't played. Guys, uh, starting here with Seth, w do we need a new addition to fix the problems we have in the game right now? I am not going to take my advice from Optimus Prime, um, even if he is in semi truck form. There, I am not going to take my forty k advice. He doesn't even have hands to play the game with, folks. Not in that form. He has tires. Danny, just, have you tried to play the game with tires and not no, when, when he goes in and he's all like high beams, it's jazz hands. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I think the, the only problem you're going to have when the, if you go to a new edition is we're going to have unintended consequences. You're going to have some armies that the rules just don't work. And so the, and if they're already on a meta army, they're just going to be more have nots. Um, there's going to be some armies like the beginning of ninth edition Harlequins actually were pretty popular and doing well, and they were mm -hmm. running off their old book. So there was an unintended buff there. So I don't think that would balance the meta. It would just give us a new tier of haves and have nots. Uh, Danny, are, are you, do you have kind of similar thoughts or what are your thoughts on like just sweeping everything under the rug and starting again? Um, so I think for this guy in particular, I think he can't sleep until 10th edition comes out. He's just got to eat an entire bottle of Ambien and wash it down with a whole glass of white wine. He'll be totally oh fine. God. Don't forget a NyQuil chaser. So you have the suburban mom, uh, way of dealing with Kapoor yep. current 40k. Um, by the way, uh, my, literally my favorite comment for the last five <laughs> weeks, at least from chat right now. Uh, with Rebel Jack saying that to fix it, we give 10 points for a fully painted army. 
Like that was just <laughs> done. Meta done. is balanced. That's right. everything we needed so. for balance. Whew. Guys, hey, there was a GW preview last week at Adapticon. Uh, it was pretty good. We had a new Underworlds Warband come out. We had Ash Wastes are coming for Necromunda. Uh, Knights are going to be stomping into 40k. Oh, there we go. Horus Heresy 2.0 is coming. And Age of Sigmar got a model of a ruin. Uh, it was a really good preview all around. <laughs> Starting with Seth here, what were your thoughts on the preview in general? I forgot everything except the 40k and the Horus Heresy trailer. Everything else just got flushed. My brain can't hold that other stuff. Um, How did you miss the ash wastes? Those guys what? looked amazing. You mean the the conversions for Chaos Guard? <laughs> yes, that's exactly yeah, that's, what uh, I meant. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what I would use them for. Um, just like all good Necromunda models are used for conversions, not Necromunda. They're mainly um, used for cultists. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. exactly, exactly. Um, I'm excited for knights. I've always kind of wanted a Chaos Knight army for a paint project. Um, so maybe when they when they get a, a new book, if if there's some fun there, that'll be cool to throw around with. Um, because I'm I am a longtime Chaos Knights player as well. Um and uh yeah, I mean Horace Heresy video was player and, yeah, and exactly. a longtime Harlequins player. I'm not a longtime Harlequins player. I have standards. <laughs> um but and then yeah, that, that Horace Heresy trailer, I don't care that they played it twice. They could they could have played it for the whole hour. I'd have been happy. Guys. We're going to jump so much into Heresy in a minute. Uh, I've quit 40K for Heresy when until it comes out. Uh, surprise. Danny, show uh, how... Uh, show, show done. We're, we're finished. Um, Danny, how excited are you uh, for Blood Bowl 1? And how offended are you that Seth didn't mention the beer pig? Well, I mean, I don't know. It probably cuts a little bit too close to home for Seth. Like in that, like he's probably got to deal with drunk pigs sometimes. Like, yeah, it is. I can understand that as a professional. I, I have, I have uh, played games with you at Charity Hammer. Yes, I have, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, top quality burn. Thank you very much. That's uh, that was good. Thank you, Seth. Um, An amazing Norse team coming for sure. But what else yeah. can it stood out for you uh, in that preview? I really liked the Chaos Knight. I thought he was really cool. Um, Horse Heresy, of course. That that trailer was so rad. The the scene where the it's like a low angle shot, like looking up at the knight walking in the desert with the Imperial Fist, like running alongside of it. It's was just like real. dome flopping. No, along. no, it's the knight with the sun setting in the background behind it, with like the heat shimmer. That's <laughs> that that's the shot. Also, <laughs> the uh, the orbital strike was pretty dope. Oh. Thank you as well, Greenblood Crusade, who said they are less chaos and more hentai Gundam, uh, which is now my official description of there. Uh, I'm, no, no, sorry, you Seth. missed the best comment, which is from Andrew Bohr. This talk of pigs offends me. <laughs> because his first name's Andrew. Yeah, well, definitely. Clearly. Definitely. Why. Reference to Babe. Um, <laughs> Clearly, the pig the in the city. Yeah. What episode of Seinfeld was a pig in, Danny? Oh, man. Was there a pig in an episode? Probably. I'm looking it up. Perfect. Hey, guys. Well, I am most excited for Horus Heresy's glorious relaunch uh, as we further rebrand. Not just a newer format today, but it's now going to be like Heresy After Dark. Sure. Why not? Well, I have my professional logo editing going on. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, while Danny Google Seinfeld episode, Seth, how, how are you feeling about Heresy? I know you're big into 40K. Um, I don't know sort of like your experience here with Heresy. How excited are you for this new edition? I'm not excited to paint tiny Marines again. Not, not going to lie. Um, I'm, I'm getting live, live information right now that they're not going to be tiny. My excitement has gone up 14%. Um, I did have a, a nicely converted iron hands army. I still have my Ferris Manus, um, but I've sold the rest of the army. I wouldn't mind getting that army again because it was fun to build and paint. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think of Horace Heresy more as a hobby project and less as a, uh, everyday kind of playing game mm -hmm. um just because i don't have that much time to play and i gotta i gotta i've gotta be sweaty try hard 40k seth i think uh my favorite thing about this was there's a lot of people complaining uh the the new plastic mark six armor that's coming out for heresy which is kind of like the little beaky marines um they're going to be uh larger in scale uh sort of in between a primaris and a regular marine 
uh, is the legions of people who've spent thousands of hours converting true scale Marines uh, complaining about the scale change. Um, Danny, are you excited? Is your excitement for heresy more than your fear of the community uh, because they are asshats? Well, first of all, I'm never afraid of the community, like, ever. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Um, <laughs> like, Danny doesn't fear anything. No, well, no, just not a bunch of mouth breathers on the internet, like, like which is, well, never mind. So, but like the gatekeeping hopefully will be lessened if it's more mainstream. I think that'll be really good, especially if they're carrying plastic stuff in the shops for rhinos and and Spartans and dreadnoughts and all that stuff. If that's if those rumors are to be believed, um, yeah. And I will. I'll fight the community. Every single. I, I have a question for both of you. If yeah. the people that are gatekeeping heresy right now can't gatekeep it from the rest of the community because there's a plastic line that makes it more accessible, what game system do we think they're going to go to and start gatekeeping at that system? Horus Heresy. It'll be exactly the same game. They'll just have little crappy snide comments. So they'll be like, oh, oh guys. you have plastic Mark IV armor. Hmm. I just have my Chinese resin over here. They'll have the Horus Heresy project, John, where they won't play <laughs> <laughs> yes they will they will they will make and they will make uh the the 31k the horus yeah. age perfect yes. it'll be this it'll be called the scouring the scouring um, yeah because yeah. <laughs> all this excitement about horse heresy does mean we're heading back towards seventh edition rules what? um danny like it's been a nest we're not going away from that. The core of the heresy system is going to remain pretty similar to what it is right now with just a few refinements. Did you kind of wish they'd updated more to like the 8th and 9th edition 40k? Or are you happy that they're sticking with that old system? Well, I guess I'd have to see what the new system is. It seems like they've added a lot more uh, like reactionary type stuff into the game. So like more like stratagems, for instance. Um, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> so we'll have to see all how that all works out. Maybe it'll be balanced. Who knows? Um, I do foresee a lot of Death Stars, but we'll, we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, the, the, the bestest part about 7th edition as well here. And then chat with a shout out for our producer here. Uh, they will do like the people who are trying to keep Fantasy 8th alive with no comp. Uh, Brilliant. We're with you. Yeah. Uh, does pose reuse rebother you guys? Uh, I mean, there's only so many ways to stand, and the Sons of Horus Praetor that was shown at Adapticon uh, looks awfully familiar to a certain Lord of Contagion uh, for the Death Guard here. Uh, one, it's an amazing model, but starting with Sathir, what are your thoughts on this, of kind of having similarly posed and weapon marines across legions? Uh, well, clearly the Lord of Contagion stole the pose from the 30k Praetor because the 30k Praetor happened first in the mm. fluff. So that is uh, how time works. That is indeed how time works. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, uh, you have slightly more of a side reserve uh, to that comment there. What's your thoughts on this? Danny just can't even. I'm yeah. Just, like, look, guys, the models are going to be the same. Like, your models aren't going to be unique. If you want to do that, you're going to have to, like, cut them up yeah um so i think so favorite, <laughs> i was I gonna say my favorite thing about this one is no models or or models with similar posing to other models what, uh, what do you as want we talked about the heresy community before they want no models <laughs> they want no got it got they it. already they have want their no models, models sure. no rules no new players <laughs> no uh no I new just... content I just know there's a forge world designer who is like working really hard and he's like man this guy looks sweet Wonder where I got the inspiration from, and like walks away from his desk where there's just a Lord of Contagion like hidden beside his monitor or something like that, like totally <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> like it has like right. the skull rack, the big old axe. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm not going to start with Sons of Horus Army, but that got me kind of tempted here. Uh, the reveal video you guys talked about Wait, here can we, was. Can we get the countdown on the on the top of the screen for how long until John starts a, a Sons of Horus Army? Uh no, I mean, that's, uh, I've already given enough assets to use this week here. Uh, I will <laughs> also say, no, <laughs> uh, I, I've told, 
<laughs> Never do this again. Uh, that's Got that's it. perfect Got here. Uh, we talked a little bit about the reveal video. Uh, I watched it along live uh, with uh, FLGM producer Tricky Dick on the FLGN Discord. Um, I Wait, y'all were really on the Discord listening. We were over in the Discord watching. No it one together. invited yeah. me. Yeah, that was that was by design. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the what took me out of the. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hold for, on for those minute. listening to the podcast. Hold on a minute. Seth, I invited you to watch to the it. FLGN. No, you invited me to Bob Rules. Right. Which I thought I'd be now. Anyway, uh, I was taken out of the video where the first line was, I never wanted this, which sounded like a whiny little baby thing to say. Uh, an aspect warrior here on Twitter said, I never wanted this, Snarls Horace. The guy who destroyed human civilization because a magic dagger told him to. Uh, Danny, you and I had some conversations about this. I personally hated Horace's speech, but loved everything else about it. You were a little bit more okay with it. It was fine. Like, it doesn't need to be taken in the in the exact literal context. I don't think I don't think Horace ever really wanted to rebel. He, I think he probably wanted power, but then the dagger told him what to do, and he has to listen to the magic dude. Dagger, he, dude. What are you going to do? He's not a space door. The explorer followed around yeah. by like inanimate objects, telling him what to do. Come on, man, just go with it. It's a magic knife. Like if a magic knife told me what to do, I'd probably listen. And that's why I'm happy you're like states away now. Um, <laughs> Seth, Danny, Danny, I I gotta tell you, um, don't don't listen to the knives. They're never they're never gonna lead you on the right path. Yeah, Seth, what yeah. was your takeaway for this? Really uh, sharp <laughs> for this video was was the narration great for you? Uh, was it something you could have done without? Kind of what was your takeaway there? I'm not even sure he said words because there were too many titans blowing up for me to pay attention. Um, that's fair and that was amazing i just wanted more of that just just if we could blow up all the titans at once in some sort of coordinated explosion mm-hmm. um, i think that would just be fantastic that's really that's what every fort true 40k fan wants is just big things blowing up yes and while i did take my f- screenshot of the my favorite picture from the whole video and that was confirmation that santa claus is in fact an imperial fist um as we can say from this ah. gentleman here uh, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake, and he'll build a wall around you. Um, but as a palate cleanser for all this awesome Horace Heresy stuff we had coming out last week, a quick reminder of why Heresy fans are the worst. Uh, with this person's reaction to the the announcement of the teaser, uh, he says, "I believe I hate everything so far. This release is catastrophic failure for me. Uh, from the obvious retcons to the people accepting them like they had always been there, the unnecessary change of edition." the models and kits that aren't going to be in the new edition, the end of the black books. It's if this proves a single thing, it's, it's that there's never enough gatekeeping. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> which as someone who owns every single black book and has read three of them, um, I'm happy that I don't feel uh, incensed to go and spend $170 on a book. Uh, now that that's got me very, very happy. Um, guys, uh, real quickly before we move on to our, my favorite category of the night, well, what are your thoughts on this kind of level of gatekeeping? Do you not like? Is it is is this level of gatekeeping because you don't have friends and you want to convince yourself that that's by choice? <laughs> that yes, it? I mean probably. Or uh, they maintain their friendship through their strong protection um, of people wanting to be near them. Amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, finally tonight, Danny, I'm just going to take your cool uh, hatred-like stare into the camera as your reaction. I'm so to, uh, mad uh, right now. There. <laughs> um, finally tonight, we're going to welcome my new favorite category. It's Other. Uh, this is a collection of random memes and comments and pics we pulled out for our guests at our live chat to respond to in any way that they can. Hell and yeah. we're just going to keep going until uh, Val tells us we're done. Uh, so... And I'm getting word now. Val well, says we're done. Yeah, well, that's why it's my favorite section. Uh, the first one we have here is a meme we found here. Uh, some interlocking hands with car guys, PC guys, gun guys, Warhammer guys, and they're all connected, and they're lying to women about how much our hobbies cost. Uh, guys, starting with Seth, what is the biggest lie you've told your significant other about Warhammer? 
that I will find a way to make it budget neutral. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Danny, uh, bearing in mind, I'm assuming your wife doesn't watch any of the content we create together. Um, what is the biggest lie that you've told your significant other about Warhammer? John, I'm not in a safe space to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. I'm going to take that as and, many. Can you, can you do sign language, Danny? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, just, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get the next one i promise yeah okay Blink if you need help <laughs> this next meme came out boy do i miss prop hunt and gmod uh but this marine with an error gun and no textures is genuinely a work of art um if you guys have never played gmod uh, or gary's mod uh without the right textures installed and the horror that it creates someone created a marine that looks like that guys huh. uh, starting this time with danny uh what gun is this marine actually holding Ooh, uh, it's a graviton gun because they did. It didn't come out with a kit when that model was made. <laughs> Fair, damn, bam, Seth. What have you got that's better than that, Joe? What, what was the gun that uh, the the twenty fifth edition Space Marine had that instant killed people? Oh, oh the, the disintegrator. The disintegrator. Gun. That's what it is. Because they were like, nice. "Yeah, legends go away." Thank Amazing. God that was dumb. Right. It was just You're a free upgrade. Good. You were just like, what if you could just have a free Marine that insta-killed people? And you were like, yeah, seems fair. It's like squad-sized battle company. I love it. Um, guys, uh, Danny, you found this amazing picture here, uh, slightly including a 4chan thing. Um, but anyone else have an extreme hatred for demons? They piss me off to no effing end. I literally fantasize about murdering a demon and putting the fear of God into it. Effing ours, I effing hate them. One that really pisses me off is Bahamut. And it's a picture of a Grey Knight angrily typing into a computer. Uh, starting with Seth here. Seth, do Grey Knights have like a burn book, uh, sort of Mean Girls style that they write about demons in? I think it's, I think it's on their armor. Like, is, can, can, we, can we cut back to that picture? Because I'm fairly certain the book is strapped to his shoulder. It's in, yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's the chapter symbol. They actually keep the book in their chest plate underneath the Inquisitorial uh, Rosette. So, gotcha, like, it's gotcha. underneath that. But they do have a diary in there. Like, let's yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. So, Danny, uh, Grey Knight's big into journaling. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot. It's more a lot. Of, it's more of a lot of dream journals. Uh, that's kind of the thing that they yeah. like to do the most, just to make sure that they don't forget when they wake up. Um, but they also, you know, they have they subscribe <laughs> to that. <laughs> I just have an image of a Grey Knight tucking himself in under his Masters of the Universe sheets, and. <laughs> You're like, oh, in armor? remember to yes, purge armor. demons yeah. tomorrow, closing yeah. it up. No, 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 no. I, I, just want, I just want the scene of the inner monologue where they're like laying on their stomach, like kicking their feet and writing in the journal. And they're like, dear diary, today I purged 17 blood letters. But then my captain said I should have purged 18. He's so mean to me. He doesn't want to see me progress through the ranks at all. I wish Daddy uh, Drago was still here. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking in my head, what are you doing, stepbrother, Captain? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh, moving on. Uh, Games Workshop authors, let's introduce a new character in this Unification Wars novel. The new character is Charles Primark, inventor of the Primark Project. <laughs> um, I think this was inspired uh, by a, a UK streamer uh, who does video games called the Yelks Cast. And they were joking about how uh, when they found out that Land Raiders were named after Ark and Land, they were like, uh, here, my name's Jimmy Space, and these are my Space Marines. Uh, so now we have Charles Primark. Um, starting with Danny here, who is the worst character in 40K literature so far? And why is it John Grammaticus? Oh, that's not true. So who is the worst character in 40K literature? I mean, John, we have an entire series covering this on our on our YouTube channel, Mob Rules. The worst <laughs> character in 40K. Uh, obviously, it's the Lawnmower Man, Chaos, or the Lawnmower Man, Space Marine Sergeant. Like he is the worst character by far. Like we, it's documented. It's fair, Seth. Uh, who is the worst character in 40K for you? That's a tough one because I, I don't intentionally read bad lore. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the worst character is Anba. He's a hologram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's still too much. 
Yeah. There. His favorite character in Tron was Clue. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. Is this a picture? Uh, this is a yeah, oh, I got oh. either or question for both of you guys. Is this a picture of a naked space marine or a space marine wearing someone else's skin, Buffalo Bill style? Uh, I couldn't tell. Is that a Thunder Warrior? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just I'm going to be real honest with you right now. Yeah, okay, um, good. I was. I thought Val had deleted it. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I wish he would stuff. delete it. I, I don't want to see this anymore. I like. Why? Why does he have mechanical nipples? A coat rack. It's it's how you put on the black carapace is through the nipple. Wow. This was uh, something I found randomly. <laughs> uh, in a place I don't remember. Randomly. I will say. John Guys, got uh, randomly lost at if, the furry convention and came back with his hands catch space wanna, If we want to delve into how the sausage is made a little bit, it'd be pardon my wording on that. Uh, there's a there's a Grim After Dark group uh, where throughout the week I just dump a bunch of random pictures in there, and then when it comes to to write up the show and get ready, um, about a third of them I'm like, huh. What's this one about? All right. And I've just completely forgotten. Do you go but, into you know, a fugue state and, and just start Googling things? Uh, save I just, search I, off? I save things. Like, I, I have a lot of like, um, I use Reddit a lot because yeah. it's an awful place. Uh, a lot of Facebook groups that I, I'm a part of there. And I just kind of save things that are interesting to me. And that, that man killing someone with what looks like a coat rack. Uh, it is a coat rack, dude. For real. Like, uh, yeah. It is in the in the uh, Codex Astartes uh, approved weapon lists. Clearly, actually, nobody in the far future knows what that is. It's it's a mystery. It's true. Uh, a lot of people they're think using it incorrectly. Home. They just leave their hats on the floor like a fool. So, um, well, they have guys, servers move, for that. <laughs> moving on to I will our last last set of questions here for tonight. Uh, I found this one here. Uh, this it's a McDonald's inspired marine. Um, he he brings the he brings the pain in combos, uh, guys. Starting with Danny here, what is this Marine's battle cry? <laughs> Buy one get one for a dollar quarter pounders at your local McDonald's today only. Like it's got to be some kind of marketed marketing related battle cry, right? I mean, I, I imagine. So, so the way he kills his enemy is slowly through cholesterol. <laughs> yes, most definitely. He is definitely a uh, follower of Nurgle. Uh, I think my favorite thing here Nurgle. is the different uh, yeah. different helmet types. Because hmm. I lose the picture entirely here. Uh, we have a Hamburglar helmet. Uh, we have a Grimace <laughs> helmet. A Happy Meal helmet. The, hel- the Happy Meal helmet. That's the best one. Yeah, I want an then, army of Happy Meal helmets. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> And Levi on YouTube, thank you so much. The battle cry is, I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> All right. What else? Could it be like, How I'm virgin it? Perfect. What else can it be? Uh, guys, uh, Seth, what are some chapter relics that the McDonald's would have? I think it would be an original uh, 1980s uh, McDeluxe, uh, still preserved. Um, definitely. What is and it would be like the died. you know like um the the skull of Nikolai Tesla where you like open the case and it spreads mortal wounds. You open the case and everyone gets a heart attack. <laughs> it's fair. That's the mortalist of wounds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Danny, what's his warlord trait? Oh man, uh, this is pretty. This is pretty easy. Um, he. Uh, oh, sorry, Danny's timer's expired. We can't pay free... him anymore. <laughs> He gives out secret sauce to every model within six inches. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do? Who knows? And guys, two more to go. I like you have a you. reliquary of, of the Szechuan sauce. That's important. Yeah, even more, even better. So one more to go here. Uh, we're getting the signal to, to take this on home here. We have a, a meme of a wizard. Uh, the wizard's a 40K community, and he's stirring up some of the stuff stupidest fan theories you'll ever hear Um, (laughs) starting with danny again here give seth some time to get in here uh what is the stupidest theory you've ever heard about warhammer oh man (laughs) dude i've heard so many terrible theories uh i don't know how about that sigmar is a lost primarch that's a garbage one let's let's go with that that is that is pretty garbage That's there. Pretty Seth, uh, what's I think the, worst the, the dumbest fan theory that I have ever heard of 
is that the meta will adapt if we just take more chainsaws. <laughs> you took Got mine, him. you son of a bitch. That's good, but yeah, yeah, it's the amazing uh, there. Seth, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. That's that's all we got for you. Uh, you survived a multi-asset show. Big thanks to producer Val for helping us pull off that invisible host gag at the start. Uh, that is also a callback. Definitely here. in on the gag the whole time. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Daddy, anything you want to say here before you head out for the day? No, John, I'm just disgusted by the pre-gatekeeping going on. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-gatekeeping of the yeah. embarrassing. Uh Seth, plug plug your plug your stuff. Oh yeah. We uh we do signals on Wednesdays at yeah. nine PM Eastern time. I gotta convert because we you know we record central time, so I'm like, I gotta say the right words. Um yeah. but yeah, come join Kicker and I there. I, I try to corral the uh infinite ball of energy that is kicker um and and push him in the right direction. Um so yeah, it's a good time. Um we try to get you yeah, some news, we try to let you know what's going on, we try to approach things from a serious angle um but yeah that's that's where you can find me i put my youtube stuff on hiatus for a while so just check me out on signals just like us real serious 40k yeah. all the time but literally but better just don't don't close your browser window and just come back here on wednesday and you'll have leave it time. open the whole time leave it open the whole time if you could just watch reruns over and over it really helps the algorithm we appreciate that thank guys you. uh i had a blast today seth thank you so much for coming along uh danny always a pleasure to see your beautiful face across from me here uh we want to thank producer val again for getting us through this uh new format where uh, i think at two in the morning his time i just sent him a message i was like hey i got a new format uh, and there's this entire thing i want to do and he kind of powered through it for us here uh so for grim after dark uh, i've been john for everyone else, we will see you Monday.